Welcome back to another episode of The Glorious Rescue. For those of you watching over here on the YouTube channel, you can already tell that this is a little bit different of an episode. I'm going to get into what that is and what that means for us, but I'm going to first explain the why. There's so much polarization, so much confusion with what is going on, and a lot of it is more of the same. More of the same confusion, more of the same media bias, more of the same litigations and whatnot. And by the way, Trump, just a little bit of an update, Trump is actually winning some legal battles in some courts in some states like Pennsylvania. So as more continues to come out on that, we will obviously give you more and discuss more of that on the show. But with all of this, I believe it's important for us to go back to those eternal principles. The principles that have rescued our nation throughout our American history, and the principles that will continue to rescue our nation's history through our generation and the generations to come. So what this episode is, is actually an interview. Senator Mike Morrell interviewed me for like on his show where he was going to push it out to his resources and contacts. And so with that, he actually kind of more or less called into me to ask me some questions. It is an audio exclusive interview just simply because it was before we were recording on the video platforms. But for those of you who are new, just know that this is a little bit different of a format. And obviously those who have been here know that already. So that means if you're listening over on the audio platform, you're ready to go. We're going to move right on into the audio exclusive interview. But if you are on the YouTube channel, you will have to head on over to the audio platforms. I'll give you directions there in just one second. Before I do, I want to announce to all of you that we do have a website up and running, so go over to www.thegloriousrescue.com. Again, you can find it in my Instagram bio on The Glorious Rescue and on my personal. Click that link there or go to www.thegloriousrescue.com. So I do hope this interview is very, very informative, but also very helpful to you in all of our discussions going back to those eternal principles. If you're listening on the audio platforms, you are already set. Just keep on listening and it'll roll right on into if you're listening over on the YouTube channel. Just be prepared. There will be links posted in the description below. And also there should be a card, like a little router up above me right now that you should be able to click to put you on any of those audio platforms to listen in on to this audio exclusive interview. I'm very excited for you to be listening in. I'm very excited to share all those ideas with you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Josiah Evertson, and this is The Glorious Rescue. Aren't you tired of feeling forced to choose between staying informed and being indoctrinated? Listen to the condensed news cycle without the lies, agendas, and confusion from the mainstream media, all while engaging in deeper discussions about the principles that have influenced our great nation. This is what rescuing America looks like. This is The Glorious Rescue. Hi, my name is Mike Morrell, Senator Mike Morrell with the 23rd Senate District, here representing uh, most of Riverside and San Bernardino County. And uh, on our podcast today, I've got Josiah Everton. I met Josiah a few years ago. I know his father, uh, John, uh, who's a pastor, and it's just been uh, a breath of fresh air to, to meet this young man and his, his commitment to his faith and his country is just inspires me that there is a hope for America, a hope for California when you see uh, young people like this who, uh, who love, again, their country and God and their fellow countrymen and women, and at the same time uh, have the leadership capabilities to influence others. So, um, again, Josiah, welcome. And uh, I've got some uh, bullet points or questions here to ask you. Yes, some rapid fire, but you can take your time answering the questions. Are you ready? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Thank you for having me. Now, you went you, you went to a Bible college, Golden State Bible College. Walk me through why you chose that college. What, what is it that you want to get from them? 
Well, in regards to Bible college, I think what's important to remember is that for me specifically, me personally, I'm a Christian first. And I believe that faith is, is first and foremost, and it should be for every single person. I, I would believe that because we, as we look around in politics or just in, in modern society right now, we can really see how not only politics and political discussion, but our society is deteriorating and deteriorating, just crumbling. And as I look at politics, we can blame politics, but really that's just a reflection of the culture. Politics is a mere reflection on man, the culture. And culture is simply a reflection on the religion and morality of a society. And that really is the fabric woven into America. It's woven into our Judeo-Christian values as a nation. And so it really is the fundamental platform and foundation for our nation. But then, obviously, it should be then for each and every one of us. And uh, I guess I, I would say a good example of this would be the idea of moral philosophy. Our moral philosophy is the foundation upon all of our other beliefs, our economic beliefs, our political beliefs. For instance, I'll, I'll give the example of socialism versus capitalism. That is an economic issue, of course. Uh, we can make economic debates and make bring up different economic points, but really at the foundation, it really is a moral argument if these actions are morally justified. So it all goes back to the idea of a moral philosophy or what is truth and perception. Well, what, let me Sorry, ask you this, Josiah. Of How course. old are you again? I'm 20 years old. 20 years old. So what if your truth, explain to me, someone asks you a question, well, you believe this truth, but I believe my truth. <laughs> Does my truth trump yours? How do we know what's, well, what's true? I could admit that that was a misspeak on my part in saying my truth. I wouldn't say my truth. I would say the truth. Truth is objective. And so my answer to that would simply be that truth is objective. For instance, there's a very large group of young people even that are turning towards the idea of moral subjectivism, the idea that morals change back and forth, or it's just whatever we ascribe to it, or that truth is changing, that I can prescribe something as my truth, you can prescribe something as your truth. We can say that as far as opinions, but that's not a matter of case for truth. Truth is objective and stands true no matter your opinion. And so going back to the Bible college question, it's to study what is that truth, to go back to first and foremost our duty as man to understand and formulate theology, to understand God and who he is and what he wants to communicate to man. That is the primary goal and the primary duty of man. And so that's really the goal, going back to the Bible college question, of why I chose Bible college is to understand who God is, what responsibilities he has for man. Very good. I think that's good. So what why politics? What what does politics mean? And uh, because there there seems to be, um, you know, in Christianity today, um, that Christians shouldn't be involved with politics. So, kind of, what is the definition of politics, and why shouldn't we be involved? Why should we, or why should we not be involved with politics? How how would you answer that one? Well, I think that there is absolutely no reason that. Anyone should not be involved in politics. I think it's something that is that is vitally important for every single person to be involved in. And I think a lot of people kind of say, well, it's not really my, my style. It's not really my niche, my area. But every person has the duty to at least be well studied or at least learned in the topic of politics. And here's why. I've heard this statement many times. Maybe even we've, t we've discussed it as well. The idea that politics, politics and religion are the only two things 
that can put man into bondage or set them free for millennia and millennia on end. Politics and religion. I mean, just recently we saw the Chinese Communist Party and they had a, a large groups of Muslims head shaved, blindfolded and loading them on trains to go to internment camps. You could say, well, I'm not really involved in politics. That's not really my style. But it was politics that forced those Muslims into internment camps. And I'm not a Muslim, but that doesn't justify the actions that are being done against them in their country. And so really we can say, well, that will never happen in America. But on the trend that we're going with more religious or with more governmental overreach, that is the trend that we will face. And politics is what will chain us into bondage, a bondage that is uh, so monstrous, a tyranny so monstrous that generations on end will live in ideological confinement where they can't speak their mind with no religious liberty, with no economic liberty, no economic prosperity, or it can provide an opportunity where our children can grow up in freedom, where they can worship God how they believe is right and where they can live civilly with one another in a free society where their rights, their rights to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness are protected by a limited government, predicated on the principles of self-government. Can I interrupt you real quick? Of course. You, you're making some good points. What does self-government mean? I mean, shouldn't there, should, shouldn't we depend on government a lot to bail <laughs> us out of trouble? Shouldn't we depend on? Why would we? Why? 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 Tell me why self-government. You mentioned that when so many people today we really look to government <laughs> to. Uh, solve sure. our problems sure even though i have to say sometimes i think they create more problems what's, what's your, your your thoughts on that well i was going to say first off on your question i was just going to go off a little bit off of a hunch here and saying that you're playing devil's advocate but the idea of self-government <laughs> the idea of self-government is so crucial because without self-government there's tyranny and here's what i mean by that government and the purpose of government is to rein in on man's sinful nature. Man innately has a sinful nature. I believe it was James Madison who, I'm paraphrasing of course, said that if men were angels, then no government would be needed. But if angels were ruling in the affairs of men as our government, then there would be no need for external and inter internal limitations on government. But the opposite is true, that man does have a sinful nature, that we are not angels. And so because of that, we need a government to step up obviously a government through the principles of consent of the governed, not to rule over us as a dictator, but simply to reside over and protect the rights by punishing the guilty and protecting the innocent, just by protecting our God-given rights that we are all entitled to found in the law of nature and of nature's God. So that is not possible. A limited government is not possible without self-government. It was the May it was the uh, pilgrims on the Mayflower when they came over here, the first thing they did was they established a, a, a politic. And it was a, an act of self-government where they said, we are not under the charter because they landed in a different area and they were not necessarily under the British crown rule. So they said, we need a compact of, of self-government because we know that man ha that we have a sinful nature. And if we don't choose to self-govern ourselves, then we will need a big government to rein in on our immorality. And the big government argument is obviously something we can discuss for a long time, the idea of big government. But big government is never good. It's never good economically. It's never good uh, in regards to liberty, religious, economic. And so the, the way to avoid that is through the principles of self-government. Well, I like that answer, and I agree with you. <laughs> let me let me ask you a question because uh, you know I'm I we talked about this before you and I fear and kind of the turmoil in America. I have uh, you know. 
kids and now seven mm. grandkids. So I've got a lot vested in the future. And Josiah, uh, uh, I'm concerned about yes. the state of America. And so you know, you're 20 years old. Do you think there's hope for America? And if so, walk me through why. Well, I give a resounding yes to that. I believe wholeheartedly that there's hope for America. I don't have doubt in my mind that there is hope for America. So I would say that I would never encourage blind optimism, the idea that if we just close our eyes and keep our hands off of government and not worry about it, that it will tend towards the right direction, that it'll tend towards a liberty-promoting society. I do not believe that. I don't believe in blind optimism, but I do have the optimism that if we apply ourselves to fixing the problem, then we will have hope for America. And we do have hope for America. And we will see us turning back to the, the America that we dream of. So your, to the second part to your question is, how do we get back to that? Where does that hope come from, really? And I would say that hope cannot be derived or we cannot find the origin of hope in something changing, right? We, I can't find my hope in another individual, in another human being. I can't find it in politics because those are all changing. And so if you place your hope in something changing, your hope is not really hope. It's just wishful thinking. So it must, be, it must be founded in something eternal. And again, I as a Christian believe that that hope is found in Jesus Christ. But then also the idea that in politics, the way that that is applied is that God gave us unalienable rights and it is government's job to protect those God-given rights. And they do that, those God-given rights that are found expressly and self-evident in the law of nature and of nature's God. And so what I would say is the solution, the returning back to the hope, is just re-educating ourselves on those principles. Because if we re-educate ourselves on those principles and we as Americans as a whole, all across the nation, start re-educating ourselves, whether it be important books and men throughout human history, or whether it just be our nation's founding documents, if we choose to go back and study those learned documents and men, we will develop in our hearts a love for them. And it is that love that will drive us to push to apply those back into our American government. Because without knowing them, without being educated upon them, we really will not see those principles reapplied back to our government. We will continue to have this furthering of a big government. It was Thomas Jefferson who said, educate and inform the whole mass of American people. They are the only sure reliance for the hope, basically, of American liberty. The idea that we must educate and inform the whole mass of American people. Because when we educate them, when, when all of us, I shouldn't say when we educate them, but I just mean when we all as Americans are educated, then we develop that love. And that love will help us drive to reinstate those principles back. And I do believe that there is a strong move in the younger generation for that. I do truly believe now, as I look me, across the younger why, generation. Uh, on, on that, because uh, I, I like hearing that, uh, of course, I want hope. But, you know, a lot of these young people who come through the public school system, which is um, social indoctrination, then they go to college, which is even worse. Um, but tell me, because hmm. I've seen some things myself, but I want to know from your perspective. Um, I think we have a long road ahead of us, but, but tell me why you think there's hope in, in your generation. What have you seen? Well, I would say the, just the desire to know truth. I think, like you said, the indoctrination of obviously throughout elementary, even starting way back in elementary, then going through high school, and then, like you said, worsening through college, there's a very strong indoctrination. And I think this generation is very, very bent against being indoctrinated. And it might have worked for previous generations being taught what their professors felt they should just learn, 
But this generation is growing up with the idea of not desiring that, where they don't want to be indoctrinated. There's almost a brushing up against that, where stop telling me what to think and start teaching me how to think. And so from that, they move they move into more discussion and more free thought because there's a lot of thought police in academia. So the idea of being constantly policed on their thoughts throughout academia, and then they look over outside academia and they see more free thought, more discussion, more range of acceptable discussion. And they take a step back and look and say, wow, I need a, I, I, I still have a lot to learn. Why are these discussions being had when I was told they aren't supposed to be had? And so I think it's, it's really a pushback from the dominating, the dominating teaching in academia. And so they desire to learn truth and to study discussions outside their academia, a very self-taught generation. And so from that, they start to learn more about this, these topics. And so I would say that's hope. I would also say that you could make that same argument for religion. This, this generation is much more open to church uh, than previous generations. And I think that there is going to be a strong move towards that. And so Obviously, I would say, like I said, going back to hope being found in eternal principles, in immutable principles, unchanging principles, um, principles laid out in our founding documents, but really laid out all the way going back to the Bible and those being provided for and predicated, uh, predicated upon through scripture. But that's how I would say it's manifested through this generation. I, I like that because, you know, we've had maybe 300 uh, interns run through our program. Hmm. Uh, the average senator has maybe three to five a year. Right. I, I've done sometimes 40, 50 a year. Um, and the thing is, is um, we take them all shapes and sizes, you know, <laughs> and persuasions, uh, Democrat, liberal, conservative, Republican. And it's so interesting. You know, the last two nights that we had where we invited, you know, current interns and uh former interns back for a night of pizza and it was going to be for an hour and a half they ended up staying the last two times past midnight wow and they asked tough questions but the thing is is they they don't roll over i mean they you've got you that's why you've got to study the thing <laughs> yep. because they, they don't want a simple but but the thing is is why did they stay past midnight well you know when we finally left josiah is when the custodian in the commercial building said, hey, guys, I got to close this, you know? <laughs> wow. So it, it, we'd still be there if it wasn't for that. But, but you know, it really gives me hope because I go, man, they're, I, I think the thing is, man, they've really been raised with some bad thinking. Yes. But then, you know, if you get them in, uh, um, 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 true, I think they're true. I, I think you hit the nail on the head for me where you said, you know, they're, they're tired of this being told something. So... I think I think there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of possibilities on that. So, um, and and um, I like how you said, "Is there hope for America?" And you said a resounding yes, and, and we need to hear that today. And yes. I think your generation um, needs to hear that too. So, um, yeah, you you are a good spokesman for that. Thank you. So appreciate you uh, uh, diving into that one. That was a good. That was a good question and a good answer. It was so, a tough um, one. Tough I question. Need to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I need to hear that, too, because, you know, I'm always in, in the state Senate. I'm always seeing the worst of human nature. <laughs> anyway, yep. I think this is how we'll end the conversation is we've got to hold these politicians uh, accountable to be statesmen and put their mm. country and their fellow citizen ahead of their own careers. Yes. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. And like you said, when. When we don't hold them accountable, there's often doublespeak or 
promises kept or promises made promises broken or what you said earlier where just a lot of inconsistencies and how that breeds a lot of confusion but also resentment and there ought not to be resentment between the elected and the and those who elect you know the the idea is supposed to be where, where we have cohesive election, where the consent of the governed, where the governed uh, freely elect these individuals to represent us. And so when there is all of this confusion or even just politicizing of, an, of a national health crisis, you're really straining the relationship between the elected and those who elect. And I think it's very unhealthy for our society. So I agree. Yeah, and I think you and I, our, our duty and our job is to get uh, people of faith uh, to start educating them back to, you know, those political principles that made America the freest, most mm. prosperous nation yes. on earth. And we have to get them to vote and vote according to, uh, um, you know, those self-evident truths. And so a big job, but I think if the people <laughs> of faith step up, I think we can take our country back. So, wow, Josiah, good, uh, good stuff. Uh, keep the path, uh, stay on the path you're going. And, um, I'm sure you'll have much success and many victories. So um, God bless you. And uh, I want to thank you for, for coming on the show today, Josiah. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Have a good day. Thank Tell your you. parents I said hello. I will. Thank you. Bye-bye.